Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. This episode is brought to you by Navy Federal Credit Union. At Navy Federal, it's been the mission to help the military community for over 90 years. And not just help them, but do everything to make sure they not only grow, but flourish. That's why Navy Federal Credit Union has all kinds of great savings and investment options, like share certificates with sky-high rates. So don't hesitate. Start growing your finances today with a variety of savings and investment options. Navy Federal Credit Union. Our members are the mission. Savings products insured by NCUA. Investment products are not insured. Not obligations of Navy Federal and may lose value. What does every grocery store aisle now have in common? Products that come in paper packaging. And we don't just mean the obvious ones like cereal boxes and juice cartons. From beauty products to boxed water, there are more opportunities to go paper-tarian than ever before. So why should you? Because paper comes from a renewable resource and can be recycled up to seven times. Simply put, it's the smart choice for the environment. And it turns out, the easiest choice for you. Learn more at howlifeunfolds.com slash papertarian. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. What do the most successful growing businesses have in common? They're working together in Slack. Slack is where work happens with all your people, data, and information in one AI-powered place. Grow your business in Slack. Visit slack.com to get started. Brought to you by Toyota. Let's go places. Welcome to Forward Thinking. Hi there, everyone, and welcome to Forward Thinking, the podcast that looks at the future and says, now it's all right, it's okay, and you may look the other way. We can try to understand the New York Times' effect on man. I'm Jonathan Strickland. I'm Lauren Vogelbaum. And I'm Joe McCormick. Hey, Joe. Yeah? Why are there so many lol cats on the internet? I don't know. Why are there so many lolcats? Lauren, Lauren, you do social media. You do the stuff. Where do all the lolcats come from? <laughs> well, Who, who's well, making them? Well, Joe, when uh, when an internet and an internet user love each other very much, <laughs> um, lolcats happen. Lolcats happen. And apparently, Lol so. <laughs> so whole litters of them. Yeah. But then uh, we're using lolcats as an example of something that uh, that many people refer to as a meme. It's a kind of a, a a very basic idea, a, a a germ of an idea that can evolve and transform over time. It gets spread around, kind of like a you know a really bad flu mm-hmm. in many ways. Uh, in fact, uh, it's also very similar to the concept of going viral. To continue with the illness theme, but yeah. uh, the idea of things 
things spreading across the internet. This is one example of something that uh, we wanted to talk about today uh, called emergence. Yeah, so if you look at an individual meme like a lolcat, a lolcat is part of what we might call a memeplex, mm-hmm. which is a complex system that displays what we would term emergent behavior. Okay, so what exactly is emergent behavior? Emergent behavior is a really interesting way of describing how complexity arises in systems. Okay. Okay, so think about it like this. Um, Imagine a flock of birds. Mm Mm-hmm. You've probably seen birds flocking before, like when they go into a big spiral, you know, and sure. they're all moving and you see the the cloud of birds undulating in the sky. So we're talking about like a, a flock of sparrows as opposed to like the V formation of geese. Right. All right. How does that flock of birds decide how to move? That's an excellent question. Obviously, they have a, a foreman, right? Right. You'd seem to think, well, maybe there's like one bird that moves first and the other birds follow that bird. The general bird, yeah. Yeah. The birds don't have a leader. The way we would describe how these birds flock and create these beautiful, complex patterns is the concept of emergence. And what that means is that it's a complex pattern that's unpredictable, that's created by individual agents following local rules. So the way birds create a a flocking pattern like that is that each one individually has no idea that it's flocking, Mm -hmm. and it has no idea of how to create a, a flock. It just knows that, well, when the person, when the bird flying next to me gets X number of inches close, I move in the other direction. And I follow the bird in front of me and say if there is a predator approaching or some other stimulus, uh, we shift in, in this direction. Right. And surprisingly enough, if you just get enough individuals acting on those rules – these crazy patterns emerge. Right. So the same sort of thing is true in schools of fish. Exactly. Where you'll see an enormous school of fish all moving as if it's one body. Mm -hmm. And it's not that there is, just like with the birds, there's not a leader fish that every other fish is taking its cues off of. It's all behaving this, this, if you were to boil it way down, if you were able to strip away the complexity, you would see that there are these basic rules that underlie the system. It's just that when you get all those different individuals together and you have the actual environment playing a part, those those usually fairly simple rules lead to this huge amount of complexity. Mm-hmm. The other thing about how emergent systems behave um, is that one tends to say that they're greater than the sum of their parts. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And what that means, mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. how I just affirmed, yeah. Doctor? <laughs> uh, yeah, they're greater than the sum of their parts. Uh, so what that means is that if you have a bunch of birds, mm-hmm. they're not following rules just like every bird move forward six inches. That would not be an emergent system. That would be a totally predictable system. Sure. And right. We could graph that. Right. And the the movement of the birds would be something that we could understand as simple addition of all of the steps. Right. If, um, if this, then that. Right. But the way birds actually flock is they interact with each other. Mm-hmm. And this creates massively unpredictable patterns unless you have like a, a very powerful computer model that is simulating each individual bird. Right. And we can see this not just in organic behavior. It it comes up in all sorts of systems that have uh, uh, layers of complexity to them. Mm -hmm. Well, yeah, you might even say, so uh, how about 
a termite mound or an anthill. Mm-hmm. The mound itself is not living, but the mound is an example of emergence because no single termite knows how to create a mound. There's no leader termite telling the other termites what to do. They're all just following a rule like uh, put a piece of dirt where something is wet or something like Mm -hmm. that. Sure. And and then you end up with these eight-foot-tall monstrosities that look like something from a sci-fi film. Right. And you look at that and you think, man, that looks like it was built by somebody. You know, it, it has this illusion of design. Humans can flock the same way if you've ever been in a large crowd of people on a sidewalk and haven't, you know, run smack into anyone unless you were looking at your smartphone. It's the same kind (laughs) of behavior. And uh, and that is not the only way that humans use emergence, as it turns out. What's uh, what's all this stuff about thought, thought processes? Oh, yeah. Well, there are actually some and this is controversial, right? We don't know this, but there are um, plenty of people who are consciousness theorists who think that the very idea of human consciousness is an emergent property of the brain, meaning Hmm. that so the brain is constructed of neurons, right? It has lots of little neurons and no single neuron knows how to create a brain. What it is is that each one is following extremely simple local rules, but with enough interconnection and feedback, right? Mm -hmm. Feedback and interactivity they create this phenomenon that we would think of as a mind or consciousness. Interesting. So even emergent behavior on an individual basis, showing again that systems are – when we talk about systems, we're not just talking about a collection of people or animals. We could be talking about a system as in an, just a single person. Mm-hmm. And it's funny to think about how there are levels of this, right? So within a cell – there is emergent behavior, right? Because it's individual proteins following simple rules of chemistry that interact together uh, to form this mass pattern known as a cell. Right. And then you group all those cells together. And if you buy into the the, the uh, emergence theory of consciousness, they can, in a brain, make consciousness. And then you get enough people with consciousness together acting individually to follow local rules, and they can create mass patterns. Like one example I found that's interesting is um, the idea of mosh pits as emergent behavior. Huh, okay, yeah. You know, nobody's controlling the mosh pit. There are just simple rules like, oh. You're not kidding. <laughs> How many mosh pits you been in this week? Hey, buddy. I went to college in the 90s. Okay. 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 I was there. You were moshing? You no, were... I was trying to get out of the pit. Oh, I see. You're the wimp. I'm the guy, oh, I'm the guy oh. who, I'm the guy who pre- appreciated <laughs> it when I didn't have an elbow thrust into my temple. Okay. So, that's, that's okay. fair. That's a fair point, I think. But I'm also a guy who loves punk rock. You did have loves... headbanger hair, didn't you? I did back then. Yeah. Yeah. I, well, first of all, I had hair. And second <laughs> of all, it was headbanger hair. This is true. Is headbanger hair an emergent behavior? Oh, uh, I, emer- I think it might be a meme. Actually, <laughs> so that sure. I can tell you this: it's not emerging anymore. <laughs> that, that ship has sailed. But okay. getting back, getting okay. back to actual but, the actual discussion here. But so you might be wondering, uh, how does this tie into what we were talking about, which was social media? And part of that was the discussion about how is social media affecting us as a society? How is it affecting us on an individual basis? Uh, is it actually rewiring us? If you've listened to our previous podcast, you heard us talk all about that theory or that hypothesis, I really should say, mm. and that uh, and the, the disagreement that exists around that, or at least around the, the rigor- rigorous scientific uh, evidence that doesn't seem to be there for either side at the moment. Um, 
we wanted to talk more about well maybe that all of that uh all of those concerns are ultimately moot for one thing this is the world we live in now right i mean that's it's not like I don't expect us to turn back from oh, here. Right, right. Mm-hmm. We're never going to put down Facebook and say, yeah, oh, I think we're bored of this now. No and, more of that. Well, I mean, it's possible, but 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 I, something I, else. I, I think I think something future. else yeah. would come along to fill that void or to make yeah. a new, you know, something that we can't even think of right now. But it would be the new thing that would of uh, interconnectivity. Yeah, it, it'd be sure. like if they decided to take away television in the 1960s. I mean, yeah, it's so just, yeah, yeah. No, so it's, cats it's, out of the bag. Right. So. In one in one sense, the whole discussion about emergence is really about how it's very possible that the way that we use social media and social networking sites uh, and the way that it plays a role in our lives uh, that we've only scratched the surface. No, I was going to say that the that the concept of of the meme goes back to 1976, before social media sites existed. A, mm-hmm. a fellow named Richard Dawkins wrote a book called The Selfish Gene, and this this was an entire concept that was linking. Um, the evolution of, of culture and pop culture specifically to to natural selection in biology. Mm-hmm. So it was saying that the, the way that genes are selected um, and, and processed over the course of evolution is the same way that, that ideas are selected within culture. Right, because ideas, just like genes, are self-replicating and they can change. Right, like an idea makes a copy of itself when you share it with somebody else, and but it can also mutate due mm-hmm. to uh, either either misunderstanding or the person who receives that idea gene, um, you know, changes it in some way before they pass it on. Yeah, so in a weird way, ideas follow the same mechanics as as our genes do, um, and so when you get enough ideas churning about in a complex system, mm-hmm. uh, you might generate something that's known as a memeplex. Gotcha. Right, that it, it's all these memes interacting. It's kind of like a gene pool, mm-hmm. and uh, and what do you know? That idea has been taken to a slightly uh, narrow. I mean, you could say everything on the internet is a meme because it's all it's full of ideas. But on the internet, a meme has come to mean something a little more specific. Um, it's a what is it? It's a it's a visual or aesthetic or or. A, literary a, a shareable or, a shareable note of of some kind usually usually a pretty small unit of information um i i would say colloquial speaking that that we when we say meme we mean you know um well i mean okay it's a trend yeah sure. it's a trend and it's a small amount of information the format of that small amount of information doesn't matter it could be a video it could be an text. image. It could yeah. be text. Yeah, on on Twitter, for example, I would argue that hashtags are really just a meme enabler, right? There are people who will come up with some sort of clever joke or some – maybe it's not even a joke. It might be something very serious and they do a hashtag to kind of uh, separate that out from other from, – from the noise, if you will, of Twitter – and other people may or may not pick up on it. And if they do pick up on it, then it really becomes a meme where other people are taking that, adding to it, changing it, transforming it in some way, and passing it on into a greater network mm-hmm. of folks. Yeah, cool story, bro. Um, so <laughs> wow. if you just take uh, cats, for example, I, yes. I th- probably the Internet's favorite meme, right? Uh, they're, they're big. They're big. Yeah. yeah, I hear they're big. Yeah. Um, cats on the Internet. What is the cat memeplex? Who's controlling it? Cheeseburger. 
<laughs> it's probably cheeseburgers, yes. Yeah. But the, but the th- there is no one in charge no, of the no. of the cat memeplex. I mean, or that's probably memeplex probably isn't the right word there. But the the, the overall. But, no, but, the, but there's yeah. a living, breathing organism of uh, you know, k- <laughs> it's kind it's of called a cat. Ca- <laughs> Isn't it? No, no. But I mean, bigger than a cat, like a like like a Kira style. Like if you glued a whole bunch of cats together, yeah, like that kind of exactly. Which, which reminds me of slime molds. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Slime. Slime. No, no, no. Slime molds. Totally. Go for it. Slime molds uh, uh, being a uh, uh, Physarum polycephalum, um, nice. and, and these are these are single celled organisms. It's almost like I've talked about slime molds before in front of say 170 children this one time. Um, but uh, that's a story for another time. Uh, 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 Julian Robert over at Stuff to Blow Your Mind have a really cool podcast episode about this but in in brief these are single-celled brainless amoeba that can that form these colonies these moving thinking colonies that um that divert resources to uh to policing to get bacteria out of there that will you know if, if they run out of food in the immediate area they will form a little slug-like creature and move to another location um, they also spread out very long tendrils to discover where food might be. And if they encounter evidence of a pathway that they've already crossed, then instead of expelling uh, more or expending more energy, I should say, instead of expending more energy in order to trace that same path again, it won't. Yeah, they have spatial memory. And yet memory. there's no brain there. Mm-hmm. Kind of like lolcats. <laughs> lolcats... I don't know that we can say they don't have a brain. The interesting thing to me with the lolcats, the interesting thing to me is that, that one, you had this original kind of, whatever the original idea was of the cute kitty cat picture with the funny caption uh, going on the internet and people thinking it was amusing and, and then sharing it. Then someone said, oh, I should, uh, I, this would be really funny if I changed the caption to this. And then they go in and they change the caption so it says something else and then they share it. And then someone else says, oh, wait, what if I took a picture of a totally different cat and either put the same caption on or a, to, a new caption on? And it took such a life that now everyone knows what lolcats are. That if you say lolcats, everyone who is on the internet for any length of time is going to be able to think of an example that meets that that word. Mm-hmm. And what's really fun no, is nobody that nobody ever told them how to make one. Right, right, right. Yeah, it's emergent behavior in that sense. So, and but we see this in lots of different ways on the internet. And the whole point about the social networking uh, uh, episode was that. This is something that's happening right now with the way we use social networks and that we can't predict how that's going to play a part in our lives in the future. We just know it'll be a big part. Right. Uh, I mean, this is one of the things that makes the future of the Internet so exciting is because it has it has there are nodes everywhere. There's no top down control. Right. Nobody's in charge of the Internet and the Internet itself and the Web are emergent. Right. In a way, I mean, they are themselves examples of emergence that are full of smaller examples of emergence. One great uh, thing that I I don't think I ever would have predicted, but in retrospect, it seems so obvious, is the emergence of wikis. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, but I mean, put me in 1970 and say I'm I'm working on ARPANET, and you know we're predicting something like the web. How could I possibly have imagined wikis? I mean, it seems so obvious now, like I said, but right. Well, but, and but these are emergent behaviors because they're created by users. 
nobody's really in charge, or I guess you can have some editors, but that depends on each one, you mm-hmm. know. Uh, they're they're perfectly emergent, right? And they do have they do have their own sets of rules. In the sense mm. of wikis, it may be in this and whatever the rules of uh, what's permissible to post, it may be, or it may just be even more simple than that. It may just be the actual mechanics of the wiki itself, and that you know the complexity arises as more and more people join and contribute and consume this. Uh, what I think is interesting is that with the internet, it's even more difficult to predict any sort of emergent behaviors than it would be in a, in a, in other systems because in other systems presumably you would be able to at least determine what the basic rules are for each individual element that's in that system right now we've already established that just because you even know all the rules you can't really know what the complexity will be of the overall system because the 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 uh, the sum the whole is greater than the sum of its parts Right, uh, and and you also on the internet have a have a little bit of doubt about who the actual participants are going to be because it's it's <laughs> yeah. such a huge it's such a huge complex system that you know it's not like a flock of birds where you say oh well there's fifteen birds got it well and and there there's not the established rules like right. we don't have a set of rules that everyone follows there are rules within different groups that are on the internet that follow. You know, they're mostly, you know, uh, things that are, they may not even be, uh, 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 vocalized or written down in any way, but people just come to understand, oh, you don't do such and such, uh, even though that's not stated in a rule anywhere, that's just, it's kind of bad protocol or it's bad form. Uh, for example, like I, I see this in, in, uh, communities all the time where someone will post something completely innocently or at least seemingly innocently. And then the response immediately comes back saying, no, you don't do that here. That's, that's not okay. That's not okay. Right. Even though that's not sp- explicitly said anywhere, this sort of has evolved over time as the system has become more complex, knowing that this is not something that we want happening here. It happens all the time in games in particular. But uh, we don't have an actual uh, coda for, for rules of the Internet. I mean, there there are a lot of joke ones, um, don't feed the trolls. We probably should <laughs> not discuss here. Don't feed the trolls. Well, you know, there's lots of them are not appropriate. So, for- but but there you you see them often in groups that are, for better or worse, the people who who often think of themselves as owners of the internet. Like uh, 4chan and Anonymous are two good examples. They have their own sets of rules, most of which are jokes. Not all of which are, but most of them are. And uh, in a way, the, the the rules themselves have become a meme. And the whole idea is it's fun to continuously add and tweak and change them. Um, usually it's just adding. A lot of them don't like it when you change one of the rules and they pay a lot of <laughs> attention to that. But, uh, you know, they're, they're not particularly – they're, they're not the rules you that sound as if you're speaking from experience. <laughs> Are you one who has uh, tried to nail some precepts to the door no, of the anonymous cathedral? Not so much that, but I've seen I've seen what happens if someone posts like the rules to the internet, but they either didn't copy and paste it, or they copied and pasted it, or copied it from some place that had the rules "quote unquote" wrong. And then I've seen what the oh you're serious wow. oh yeah no yeah. no I I look I I write about this stuff and I blog about it and I podcast about it so I've I've been in these communities I feel like a sociologist who's hung out with the Hell's <laughs> Angels or something but I've been in these Internet's communities in the mist lolcats in the mist right there you go that's a but, better joke but it, it, they definitely they definitely take their 
largely unspoken rules very seriously. Um, and, uh, or maybe it's not seriously at all, and that's the problem. I mean, it, it's kind of hard to say. One, they, they certainly react with enthusiasm <laughs> if you were to break one of their rules. Well, here's something I'm interested in asking. What are some of the most interesting emergent behaviors you've observed on the internet in in social networking well i mean i I can start off with one of my own but sure go ahead well i mean i i think one of the most interesting things is um again the unpredictable way that especially twitter but social media in general has been used to spread news and information Mm -hmm. um like breaking news or like when there's a disaster sure when things break on twitter before the news stations pick them up yeah and it's so interesting to watch the way uh that the message proceeds through the Twitter sphere, say. And and the way I think it's really interesting is that um, – so it's not just uh, – I would say it is emergent because it's not just a straightforward passing along of information like copy-paste, pass it along. I mean that, that would be fairly predictable. Mm-hmm. What it tends to be, I think, is that there is some of that, but then there's also a lot of – passing of information by way of commentary on the information and then there's a kind of cannibalistic uh, message creation where the new message that's being shared becomes mainly the commentary from About, Twitter on right. the original piece of information. Yeah, I will frequently I mean, because you know, I, I check into Twitter maybe once every mm, 20 to 30 minutes, mm-hmm. which sounds Really, a lot. Now that I say that out loud, Not at that's all. great. Um, but uh, but but you know, so so I'll, I'll check in and I'll suddenly see half of my Twitter feed exploding about something, and it'll, and it'll be yeah, all of this oblique commentary or snarky commentary, more more likely about mm-hmm. some other thing that's happened. And I go and Google whatever the keyword is to figure out what the actual news story is, because mm-hmm. from from those initial posts, I'm like, well, people are upset. But, but it must be a Tuesday. Yeah, yeah. The st- it's like the story becomes the conversation about the story. Mm-hmm. Like that's well, what the story is. Well, that's that, and that became really evident during the Arab Spring. I mean, that oh, was yeah. that was the story was how social media allowed people to have a channel of communication not only to each other but to the rest of the world during what would normally be an event where. Uh, Unless you had embedded journalists inside the country, you, the rest of the world might not be aware of what was going on. And even then, it would only be the world that's paying attention to a particular outlet. Uh, I was going to say, since you asked the question and you wanted to know what kind of emergent behaviors you found interesting, I find viral videos fascinating. And the reason why I find it fascinating is that the things that make a video go viral, essentially it's just that a lot of people share it, right? You, but – Sharing does not mean that the video was of a particular quality or that it had a particular kind of humor to it or subject matter. It's it's completely independent of all that. There's and no formula for making a viral video. Right. You can try and, you know, and see it, if you can it, hit into the zeitgeist, but that it, hardly ever works. It's funny to watch people in marketing, like, try to create viral videos. It's... <laughs> Both funny and tragic, like when a clown dies. But yeah, it's like, you know, when you, when you have 72 hours or more of video uploaded every minute on YouTube, how is it that some videos get worldwide, uh, acceptance or, or, or being shared like crazy and other videos that might be quote unquote better don't? For example, if you had 
seen Gangnam Style before it exploded. If you if you were one mm-hmm. of the first people who watched it when it was uploaded, you might think, oh, that's kind of entertaining. That's, that's but, cute. But there's a there are a thousand other videos from Asia that are equally weird and tongue in cheek and and catchy and because it really was it was made to be this sort of cheeky, uh-huh. goofy, silly song. But there are lots of of songs in that particular kind of genre that are coming out of well, not just Asia, but all parts but of the everywhere. world. Yeah. I, I like watching so. cranky old people get mad because they can't understand it. But see, to me, what it, it's not that I don't understand it so much as I don't understand why that one got shared versus all the millions of others. See, that's the thing that's fascinating to me. That's what I find fascinating about viral videos is that you can't predict which one is going to go viral. Flocking. Yeah. I mean, it's one of those things where someone saw it. They shared it. All the people or a, a significant, significant number of people who, who saw it from the person who shared it then went on to share it and then it just exploded. Uh, I didn't see that video until uh, it was probably right at when it was peaking or maybe just before it peaked. It was definitely before the radio started playing it. But, um, <laughs> but that was, to me, that was interesting. I watched it and I thought this is, it's entertaining. It's a funny video. It's, there's, uh, I don't have any criticism against it. It's just, interesting to me that that one goes viral like there's some when you watch it go viral you can sort of figure out why because there's also this uh, amazing sense of shout and freuda across the internet so for sure. example rebecca black's friday video right oh, because no. a lot of that yeah. was people poking fun at this young girl who she wanted to make a music video that was her birthday present and like if i were 13 and i were living in this world now that might be what i want to do too i'd be like that would be awesome uh, she was, you know, and she, I think, handled it way better than I ever would have, considering the the reaction to that video and how it went viral. I mean, when Stephen Colbert shows up on Jimmy Fallon and is singing your song, <laughs> that's kind of weird, right? Yeah. So, yeah. Um, but at any rate, like that, you can, you when you see a video like that, you think, all right, I can, I can see the elements here that would make this go viral in sort of a. Uh, well, definitely Academic a snarky, sense, but, mm-hmm. nasty, mean-spirited way. But I have an interesting question. Sure. Have you ever been um, unknowingly caught in the crest of a viral video wave? Meaning, like, did you share a video thinking it was something obscure, um, not realizing that it was in the process of blowing up or – do you know what I mean? I, I like, have you been that unconscious person with it, you know, having no idea that you're contributing to a mass phenomenon? I've definitely shared stuff where I thought it was really interesting and I thought other people would uh, like to see it without realizing how big it was going to get later. That has yeah, happened. Yeah. Uh, but more frequently than not, I'm actually on the other end of the crest. Like, it's you're very. Late to the game. Yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm usually late to the game, too. Yeah, I am, too, but it, it's been weird the few times where it's like. You know, maybe I saw some YouTube video. I was like, "Oh, this is funny," and I share it. And then, like, in a day or two, like everybody is seeing huge, it, and yeah. I didn't realize, like, "Oh, I'm I was part of the the wave that brought this." Mm-hmm. Out, yeah, you know? I think I think I'm I think the last one that I remember doing that with was a uh, Carmen's "Look at Me Now" video, uh, the cover of the Chris Brown song sung by the cute little rockabilly chick and her her adorable Jewish fiance. I don't think I know that. You've I, never seen I've it? I've seen that one. Is it great? It's adorable. Okay. It is so cool. Well, um, I, I think I'll, I'll last, watch it after this. The last <laughs> one for me was uh, Walk Off the Earth's cover of uh, someone I used to know, the Gatye song. 
Because that was the five people playing uh, the one guitar. Uh-huh. Which, when I saw it, and I saw it right when they uploaded it, because I, I had heard of Walk Off the Earth already, and I, I, when I saw that, I just thought, how creative to have this be your, your music video, the five people playing one guitar all at the same time and singing this song. And, uh, and I shared it, and then shortly thereafter, it, it, I, I don't claim credit. <laughs> I was just part of that, that early group, and oh, then, well, I mean, and then you, it exploded. You couldn't claim credit. No, there's no way Unless you made it, maybe, or like. It. Well, I mean, if you are the, who's to say who's the person who was the, the domino that caused all the other ones to fall? Right, but it, probably most of those dominoes don't know who that person is. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. I'm like, you can't know. Not really. I mean, unless you're just, unless you're just one of those people who has millions of followers and there was like no one had heard of whatever the meme sure, was before yeah, you yeah. shared Yeah, it. When, when someone like, like George Takei or Will Wheaton or, you know, these, right. other, these other gods of our internet um, step up and, and reblog something. I'm just waiting for them to something. rename Facebook George Takei book because that's what <laughs> mine was turned into. <laughs> it's true. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's my my favorite is always, and and this is a little bit get off my lawn of me, but um, you know, when when George Decay posts something that I saw like four years ago on the internet, and then all of my friends start reposting it, and I'm like, they never saw that thing. Yeah. Were were they not on? Well, the see, internet? Lauren, if you had shared it, then the meme would have already run its course. But really, we're blaming you. When did Me we personally. veer off into such weird territory? We're sitting emergent here talking behavior. about yeah, emergent <laughs> behavior. Talking about the it mechanics. Is. There's some emergent behavior. And then behavior. when you like the video, <laughs> that's the mechanics of going right. viral. No, is, no, I believe you. Yeah, Absolutely, you're right. Well, that wraps up this discussion about emergence. I hope you guys found it interesting. If you have any topics you would like to have us address in future episodes of Forward Thinking, I highly recommend you get in touch with us because that way we know about it. You can email us. Our address is fwthinking at discovery.com or drop us a line on our social media. You can find us fwthinking. That's on Twitter. We're on Facebook. Go to fwthinking.com to check out the blogs, watch the videos, listen to other episodes of the podcast. And you can also interact with us there. We really look forward to it and having you be part of this conversation about the future and how amazing it's going to be. We'll talk to you again really soon. For more on this topic and the future of technology, visit forwardthinking.com. Brought to you by Toyota. Let's go places. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Looking to step up your Mother's Day flowers? The Home Depot has an idea. Let mom's green thumb do some digging with colorful flowers, pots, and premium soils to bring out the most in her patios, walkways, and gardens. Right now, get Vigoro Potting Soil, just $8.97 for strong, healthy, vibrant plants, indoors and outside. Shop our wide selection online and pick up your order in-store and give mom the gift of a beautiful garden. Get Vigoro Potting Soil, just $8.97 at The Home Depot. How doers get more done. This is Malcolm Gladwell from Revisionist History. eBay Motors is here for the ride. With some elbow grease, 
fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Brake kits, LED headlights, whatever you need, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. What's up, y'all? Janice Torres here. And I'm Austin Hankwitz. We're the hosts of Mind the Business, Small Business Success Stories, a podcast presented by iHeartRadio's Ruby Studios and Intuit QuickBooks. Join us as we speak with small business owners about the tools they use to turn their ideas into success. From finding that initial spark of entrepreneurship to organizing payments and invoices, we've got you covered. So follow and listen to Mind the Business, Small Business Success Stories on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey guys, back at the playground again, huh? Yep. You know what this playground could use? A wine country. Heck yeah. And some waves. So we could go surfing. Oh, <laughs> ah, love that. A redwood forest would be cool. I'm in. Ah, ski slopes. Let's do it. Um, can a girl go shopping? Yeah, baby. Wait. Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com.